Good to be here tonight. We have uh, our young uh, professionals, that's folks that's out of high school and college and have not married yet. Uh, They are in San Antonio tonight uh, for their experience, and I hope they have a spiritual experience and a good experience by being there. And I'm glad that our church has these things for these particular classes. On Saturday, I guess, uh, Brother Marshall, it's Saturday, you folks are going, and... um, We've leased them a new van so that they'll make sure that their air conditioning is working and everything. And and um, we put a governor on it so Brother Marshall would not act like a young kid driving it since he's broke at his leg playing uh, foosball the other night or whatever it was. We should never have these outings, Brother Jim. People get hurt every time, you know. You're not going to sue, are you, Brother Marshall? Good. It wouldn't have done you any good. We're broke anyhow after all this building. We just. Okay. If that's all it costs you, go ahead. All right. All right. Join me if you would please in the book of Galatians, if you would please, the book of Galatians tonight. And uh, if our uh, young folk in San Antonio has joined us, we're so glad that you got there safely. We want you having a good time in the Lord as you're there. And all of you have joined us by way of live stream radio. We are so glad that you're with us tonight. Tonight, uh, we want to talk a little bit about Paul's concern about what was going on in the churches at Galatia. He, he, was, he was purely concerned. And I give you a little background last week. And uh, I read for you Galatians chapter number 1 and verse 6. Paul introducing the book said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Paul was concerned about the legalizers and the Judaizers that had made their way from Jerusalem down to the Galatian churches there. And they were, uh, they were teaching uh, uh, the law. They were telling these new Christians that they... They needed to be adherent to some of the uh, rituals and, um, and some of the things concerning the law. And Paul was pretty, pretty concerned about it. Now, let me share this with you. These folk were very, very shrewd at using the Old Testament. And they knew the Old Testament like the back of your hand. And they knew how to develop an argument or a disagreement and then how to win that disagreement. And we have those folks among us today. Other denominations that, uh, that are very apt, bless your heart, at, at persuading people and presenting their side of the story. If you're not very apt in the word of God... You can get confused as you listen to them. And I'll not mention any names, but Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons and uh, the Jesus Only Movement, uh, the Churches of Christ, and all of those folks have their own schools and their own universities where they go to learn what they believe. And uh, so if you're not pretty 
well apt, just like these new Christians in Galatia was. These folks had fallen prey to these Judaizers, these law keepers. And now let me read for you, if you would please, verse 4. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now we've got a lot better deal than the folk did under the law. Under the law, they worked hard to become a child of God and never availed because by the law, no man or no flesh could be justified. But under grace, we have been adopted by God. And I'm glad the adoption did not depend on our good works. Because if you'll read on in verse number six, and because your sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba is a, is a word that's likened unto our word, Daddy. And so, uh, uh, you know what, uh, it seems much more personal when you refer to your daddy and than father. Uh, father's more of a legal term. Daddy is more of an emotional love term. And so he said, because God has saved us and sent his spirit into our hearts, now we can, uh, from our heart, call him daddy. Notice the Bible says, wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. I wonder why he said that. Remember verse 1 last week? The Bible said, Now I say that an heir, as long as a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. A servant's child and the king's child played together or under tutors and governors. They were no different when they were children. Although one is to inherit the throne, the other one is a servant. And I told, told you last week the custom in the Roman law. But now notice, Paul says, Wherefore, thou art no more a what? Servant, but a son. Listen, Galatians. You're not servants, you're sons. You need to realize what a good deal you got. Your sons, and uh, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now Paul is writing in verses eight through twenty, and Paul is concerned about some things, and I'd like to give you the three things you've heard about the three R's of education, right? Well, I don't know why they call them three R's because the last one's arithmetic. Read and write in arithmetic. Any of you remember that? Uh, and uh, so tonight, let me give you three R's that Paul is concerned about. First of all, he's concerned about the Galatians' regression, spiritual regression. I wonder, in our life, if we're not growing spiritually, we're not staying the same. We're either growing or regressing. We're either fallen more in love with Jesus or less in love with Jesus. We've fallen more in love with Jesus 
less in love with the world or we're falling more in love with the world and less with Jesus. He was concerned about the church's regression. That's a pastor's concern. That's why folks are cutting out services on Sunday night because ain't nobody coming. The preacher don't even want to come. (laughs) That's why they cut them out on Wednesday night is because it's not convenient. It's not necessarily New Testament scriptural that we have three services a week. But I'll tell you, from the looks of things, we need to have more than that. It takes three to thrive. You believe that? Because you need something about the middle of the week if you're working out there in the world. And if you ain't working, you need something. So uh, Paul was concerned about the regression. Notice also he was concerned about the relationship. The relationship between the church and himself. They had grown to hate him. They had grown to detest him. They did not like what he was preaching because somebody else had come in there and weaned him away and whined and dined him. And very apt was scripture. You say, well, I'd like to get a hold of a Mormon. I'd straighten him out. Good luck. Best thing you can do, keep your door shut. These folks let these Judaizers, these law keepers, these evangelists from up at Jerusalem, let them in the church. And now they're beginning to believe what they're saying. The third thing he was concerned about was the reasons why they were regressing. Now look at verse 8. Let me read for you verse 8 through 12 and notice the regression. The Bible said, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Would you call those idols? Did service and worship unto them that were no gods. Do you think maybe there's any false gods in America tonight? But now, he says, after the ye have known God, or rather are known of God. Now, I wonder why he said that. Some must not have been saved. God knows you, but evidently you don't know him. See, everybody on church roll ain't going to heaven. Everybody's been baptized. Uh, they didn't make it. He said, now... But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements? Now that's what Paul thought of the law. Weak, beggarly. Beggarly, bankrupt. Weak, not able to perform. Weak and beggarly elements. The Bible said, whereunto... Ye desire again to be in bondage. Ye observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. Notice, if you would please, the digression or the regression. And notice verse number 8. 
How be it when you knew not God. Now, would you say that's before they were saved? When you knew not God. Okay. So it's not, they're not going back into Judaism and under the law. They've never been there. These are Gentiles. These are Galatians. These are Gauls that saved under the evangelism and under the uh, mission work of the apostle Paul. And he's saying to those folks, you remember before you knew God. That's what he said. Before you knew God. Ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. In other words, they were steeped in heathenism. They were steeped in idolatry. They did everything they wanted to do. Whatever the flesh said, that they do. They had rain gods. They had sun gods. They had mother gods. They had daddy gods. They had baby gods. They had all kinds of gods. And before they knew God, they were in bondage to those gods. They were walking in darkness. They were absolutely void of any light of God. And when they did that, Paul is saying, you remember when you were that way. How be it? When you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, but now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, you turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Now, if you go soul winning very much, You'll find out that people are in bondage. They're in bondage to sin. They're in bondage to flesh. Of course, now, if you don't go soul winning, you will never know that. The only person you know about is you. But when you sit down and start sharing the gospel with somebody, you will find out they've got 10,000 reasons why they don't want to get saved now. Now, they're willing to get saved sometime, most of them. And some of them will just tell you. A fellow told me one day, I'd rather go to heaven than go to hell with all you hypocrites. Uh, Well, that's good. I mean, he just said that. You'll knock on some doors and you'll witness to them and they'll say, I bet I'm a better Christian than you are. At least I pay my bills. At least I got good credit rating. They are in bondage. They are enslaved. They are enslaved to the ideas and the philosophies and the dogma of this world. And I'll tell you, if you'll watch, it won't be long till in our armed services... One of the main enemies of America will be fundamental Christianity. Amen. They're already saying that one of the one of the worst enemies of America are fundamental Christians who Amen. believe the Bible. Amen. They're in bondage. The Galatians were in bondage to the world and to the devil and to the idolatry. And what we got to realize is if we worship this microphone. Long enough, the devil will be involved in it. An inanimate object is just fine if you'll worship it. The devil will get involved in that deal with you. And it won't be long until there'll be something spiritual going on. 
It will not be righteousness, it will be evil spirits. And he said, you remember when you were that way? The former days when you were slaves, he says, you remember those days. But now, after that, you have known God. Or rather, have known of God. How turn you again to the weak beggarly elements? Whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Would you think about that just a minute? You know why a lot of folks will get involved in a dictator kind of religion where there's rules of do's and don'ts? Because they don't like making decisions. They need somebody to make decisions for them. David Koresh, Jim Jones, Joel Osteen. I didn't laugh. Just a bunch of just a bunch of ducks all lined up in a row. Can't make a decision on their own. Can't operate under grace. They've got to be under a set of rules. Do's and don'ts. Because they just can't function. Making choices. On their own. So they get somebody who look like they know they're going someplace. And they get on board and follow them. How anybody could pray to Mary to get to God. How anybody believes that baptism washes filthy, ingrained sins away. How how anybody could believe that Jesus is a illegitimate child of Adam. Amen. They do in Utah. And they'll wear out bicycle tires while we're sitting home watching our television making excuses about not witnessing for Christ. Hey, look, man, there's a spirit behind those things. Spirit behind this. And now this group sliding back into bondage. They begin to observe days and months and times and years and begin to worship the Jewish calendar. Worship the Passover. The feast. And even worshiping on Sunday. Because it's Sabbath. No, Saturday. It's the Sabbath. That is probably the, one of the most uninformed and unbiblical deals that I know of that anybody would pick a day. I challenge you, look at your Bible and see if there is a specific day to worship. The disciples just chose to do it Because that's the day the Lord raised from the dead. Find it in your Bible. That God specifically says 
That's the day of worship. I thought I read God is spirit. And they that worship him must what? Worship him truth and spirit. Now the more often we can do it, the better chance we got. But now this Sunday and Wednesday is just tradition. But it's a good one. So we're just going to keep on doing it. Can you say amen? amen? But it's not anything I got to hang my salvation on. Amen. Well, I really. Verse 11, he says, I'm afraid. That's what he said. I'm afraid of you. Now, I wonder. Folks, that's not here tonight who are members of the Joshua Baptist Church. I wonder if maybe I could read this verse to them and say, I'm afraid of you that I've bestowed labor on you in vain. You think of that. Paul said the reason you folks are sliding is because uh, you got a spiritual problem. Notice what he said, brethren, verse 12, brethren, I beseech you, be as I am. How was Paul? He was saved. He had been delivered from the law. And if the son make you free, you know the rest of it. You are free indeed. Paul said, brethren, I beseech you be as I am for I am as ye are. You are free. Ye have not injured me at all. Verse 13, you know how that through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you. At the first, now notice, and my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despise not. Paul must have been a detestable looking little fella. Some says he had malaria. Others says that he has a real bad eye disease. But whatever it was, when that little Jew came into town preaching the gospel, the folk at Galatia could have repulsed and been repulsed at his very appearance, at his weakness, at his sickness as he preached. And he said, when I came to you at first, you could have been absolutely abhorred at my appearance and at my health and in my, my very being. But you wasn't. He said, verse 14, And my temptation which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Verse 15, Where did your joy go? Oh, that's not what it says. Where is then the blessedness you speak of? Where is the joy of your salvation, Galatians? Uh, where's the liberty? Where's the freedom? Where's the joy? Where's the praise? Where's the jump? You're sliding back into, into bondage. For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your very eyes 
which some think that was Paul's problem. I do not know. It did not say you would pluck off your ears or your nose. Evidently, Paul had an eye problem. Maybe from seeing Jesus. I don't know. It might have been malaria. But it kind of makes us as healthy as we are and as blessed as we are and as mobilized we are and as lazy as we are and as excuse-making as we are. Paul said, I'm, I'm just talking to you a little bit and and I'm not talking to you I'm just he said in verse 16 am I therefore become your enemy do you know how long it takes an enemy of mine to make you an enemy of mine It didn't take long for these Judaizers to make enemies out of folks who at one time would have plucked the very eye out and gave it to Paul. Well, that would never happen to me. Yes, you you need to stay close to the Lord and you need to stay in your Bible. You need to stay on your knees on a daily basis and you need to pray for me and you need to pray for this church. You need to pray that God would keep blessing it and keep the devil at bay. Amen. Because Paul said, have I become your enemy? Verse 6, I mean, verse uh, uh, 16, am I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you what? The truth. Everybody wants the truth. Everybody wants the truth. Until the truth don't feel good. And we're all the same way. I mean, just, we're all the same way. If you don't believe me, just watch old Smiley fill up that football stadium. And he ain't going to say enough to kill a mosquito. But that's what everybody wants. And they're buying him books by the groves. And uh, that, that's the way it goes. And the Apostle Paul said, they zealously affect you. Now, I would like to ask myself a question. What outside the Bible and what outside the Lord's will is zealously affecting me? Now, the rangers are zealously affecting some folk. But last night should have been a good antidote 
It ain't time to pray. Paul said something is zealously affecting you Galatians. And because of that, there is a shift away from grace toward the law. Now, we're all human, are we not? I said, we're all human, are we not? Just the folks who's watching by way of television said amen to that. So, but we're all human. If you listen to enough garbage, it won't be long till you'll be thinking garbage. Something, the Bible says, they zealously affect you, but not well. Notice that? But not well. Yea, they would exclude you. Exclude you from the fellowship of the church. They, they want to start their own little crowd. They would exclude you from the fellowship of the church because you know that it's going to take more than grace to get you to heaven. And it takes more than grace and the Holy Spirit to keep you right with God. They would exclude you and maybe start the seven-day Galatians church. Why? That ye might affect them. Guess who they were in it for? Them. Be careful. When so-called spiritual people are always trying to sell you something. Do any of the fat cats... On TV ever have anything for sale? I See, some of you, you, you just kind of warped right now at me. I'm just telling you the truth. You can't handle the truth. In fact, I hadn't said much at all. just read the Bible. You're worried that I'm going to say something because it's already 8 o'clock. But it is good. Notice what it is. It is good to be zealously affected. Always in a what kind of thing? Good thing. And not only when I am present with you. Paul said, you ought to be of such, you don't need a spiritual babysitter. You men ought to rightly divide the word of truth and be able to protect your family from these fat cats that's trying to get into your wallet and uh, send your kids to hell. I mean, you guys, you men are responsible for the leadership in your home. You say, I can't find the books in the Bible. Buy your iPhone. 
punch that sucker, it says old T and NT. And then you punch the OT and all them names come up. We can't pronounce. Find you one that looks real complicated. Punch on it and read it. No excuse. No excuse at all. The Bible said they zealously affect you. Now, he says, verse 19, listen to this. My little what? You see the love in that? They hate Paul, but Paul don't hate them. They're mad at Paul, but Paul's not mad at them. My little children, of whom I travail in birth. Notice that next word, what? Again. Paul said, when I came to town, winning you to Christ... I travailed with you as you were born into into the family of God. And and, and that's probably a reason why a lot of folk don't go soul winning. Because it's more than just quoting or reading ten verses. Uh, It's travailing with them. It's bearing your heart with them. It's opening your life to them. It's sharing your testimony with them. It's weeping with them. It's begging them. It's encouraging them to come to Christ. And, and it, 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 it's a travail. Paul said, I travail with you once, and now I'm having to travail with you again, not to be born again, but that you might grow in grace, that you might grow to maturity. You have children just because they're born, buddy. That ain't the end of that deal. I mean, the easy thing is buying the bottle, putting the nipple on top. It's another thing when they graduate and they walk up and say, Dad, I'd like to have a new car for graduation. <laughs> yeah, he's traveling with them. You see the love that's involved? I've got to close now. Watch this. Verse 20, I desire to be present with you now. And to change my voice. For I stand in doubt of you. Anybody can write a letter and chew somebody out. You see no body language in that deal. You do not see the hurt in the letter. You see the hurt in the face and in the countenance. Or you see the anger, the twitch of the lip. The drawing of the forehead. Paul said, I'd like to come to you. And I'd like to tell you straight out. Because I've got some doubts about you. Now that kind of preaching don't go over very good. But Paul said, this crowd didn't like it either. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So now I just wonder. What's zealously affecting you. Look at the empty pews tonight. Member of our church, membership of our church would fill this saying four times. We'll have a good crowd Sunday. But I'm afraid if we're not very careful 
the world's going to win. We better be careful. Because we could be a victim next year and not a victor. Our Father, tonight, we thank you for the Bible, the inerrant, infallible Word of God. So tonight, Lord, Paul was just writing to the church at Galatia, those churches around the sea area there in Galatia. He's writing to them, concerned desperately about the regression spiritually, the relationship with him, and the reasons why the Judaizers had been able to accomplish in that in those churches to the extent that those who would have plucked their eyes out for Paul just months ago now has become his enemy.